Today's podcast is brought to you by Echo. Echo Works is a flexible and fast point-of-care ultrasound workflow that allows you to optimize how you care for patients and teach learners. Its lightning-fast interface can be accessed on a phone, tablet, or computer and allows for image tagging, real-time feedback, and markup on images helpful for education and quality assurance. You can even get notifications and view individual or group progress on dashboards. Find out more at echo.inc slash echo-works. That's E-X-O dot I-N-C slash E-X-O dash works. Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Bonus Cuts. I'm Zachary Rissler. I'm back again with Michael Pratz, and I hope you enjoyed our last episode. We're excited to be back with our next guest, Ryan Gibbons. Ryan is Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Temple University Hospital in Philadelphia. He's the director of their Ultrasound Fellowship. He's the past president and founder of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine, Emergency Ultrasound Section, and has won the Faculty Award for Best Medical Student Educator two years in a row. On a personal note, being from Philadelphia, everyone knows Ryan, and he is an overall great guy. We will be discussing his article, Ultrasound versus Landmark-Guided Medium-Sized Joint Arthrocentesis, a randomized clinical trial published in Academic Emergency Medicine in 2021. So this was a randomized controlled trial looking at using ultrasound to guide medium-sized joint arthrocentesis, so that's elbows, wrists, and ankles. And the main takeaway from his article is that, yes, ultrasound is better. So obviously, we would not be covering this article if that was not the case. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys for having me and uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, Ryan, we've covered many of your articles from you and your excellent team over the years. This one was the, one of the more recent ones we had picked out and actually was our podcast was published April 2020. Quick edit here. We just caught this after recording, but we actually meant to say April 2022. Your article was published a little bit earlier, but we were excited to finally get to talk to you, pick your brain about this article and maybe some ideas for research in general. Yeah, no, I'm glad you guys had me on. I'm looking forward to discussing the article and answering any questions you guys might have. So Ryan, how did you come up with the idea for this study? So the idea originally came from my mentor, Tom Constantino. It's a study that he's been wanting to do for a while. He did one originally looking at knee arthrocentesis, comparing landmark versus versus ultrasound guided and wanted to move it to, to smaller and medium joints. There was an abstract by Mike Blavis a number of years ago looking at non-knee arthrocentesis, but it never moved beyond the abstract phase. So it was literature that wasn't out there quite yet. So we figured we could pull this off and that's kind of how we got the idea to do this. That's great. I really like, you know, we go to these conferences, we see abstracts and a lot of times they never kind of make it to that next phase. And that can be a lot of great ways to generate ideas, take that and and add to that basis of literature. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And what I love about these is these are all really practical questions. I feel like you guys always have really smart research questions that you're like, wait a minute, nobody did that yet. Nobody thought about that. Then you take it to the next step and you're not just doing like a quick case series, you actually do like this, like you randomize them with controls and actually get some valuable data. Yeah. And honestly, I learned that from, from Tom, you know, kind of the stepwise process of looking what's out there and what we can do to take it to the next level. And this was kind of low hanging fruit that hadn't been done and something, you know, we could do at Temple single center without a ton of research support. You know, we're not one of those large, super academic places 
places that have a ton of resources to pull this off. So I think, you know, it was an ideal for us. And we have such a robust ultrasound division that, you know, it, it, it worked out really well. Yeah, I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. So you're not coming from, you know, these huge academic centers. And so how do you go about kind of getting your research out there? What tips would you have for places that maybe are a little bit smaller? You obviously have great ultrasound faculty and that's a huge part to it, but how do we take that next step? It's an effort and it's something that we continue to work on because we don't have a huge infrastructure. We do have a research division, but you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same resources like a, like a, an Ivy League institution where we have a ton of people and statisticians and stuff like that. So this is something I learned kind of on a stepwise basis, kind of what Mike mentioned earlier, we started with case series and then kind of build our ideas, looked retrospectively. And, you know, the other thing is our, our studies don't have a huge sample size, so it makes it a little bit easier for us to accomplish. Certainly these are limitations that we have, but I think building from kind of the ground up, getting your feet wet with simple study series and retrospective and then and then building from there. I mean, this took going into almost six or seven years as faculty now and starting out with just doing IRBs was a challenge. And, you know, I kind of learned early, reach out to them, help them kind of guide you through it. They have good ideas for, you know, tweaking your study and how to make it actually more effective and, and publishable. Getting residents involved, getting fellows involved really will help ease the burden of enrolling and writing it up. So that's really what helped us, I think, residents and and fellow involvement to get this done. That's some fantastic advice. And I think is really helpful for anyone getting into research, especially ultrasound research. Now, Ryan, I would love to hear, getting back to the specifics of this article, what you do currently with your joint effusions that you decide you need to put a needle into it. Are you doing ultrasound for all arthrocentesis pretty much, or just smaller joints, medium joints? What, what's your practice and, and how did this study change it or inform it? I, I mean, I don't know if I could do an arthrocentesis without an ultrasound at this point. Sad to say, or really great to say, because I can't imagine myself ever being in a practice area that I don't have an ultrasound, especially with handhelds now. And if you look at all the literature, even with the large joints, you're getting more aspirate, like a larger volume aspirate, you're less pain, fewer attempts. So it might not be as significant with ultrasound with larger joints, but you're still seeing benefits. And then any of the the lit review we did prior to starting this, for instance, in like rheumatology literature and PM&R, things like that, all showed a benefit to ultrasound. So there isn't a joint that I don't use ultrasound for. And the other benefit we found with the, with our study was our physical exam was very poor for detecting effusions. So by leading with an ultrasound first approach, you're going to limit unnecessary arthrocentesis that can cause you know bleeding, infection, all kinds of complications. Yeah, not the first research that has shown the physical exam to be not as good as we would like. Definitely. It's, yeah, I mean, my physical exam skills are, are waning as I just replace, <laughs> as I replace everything with ultrasound, to be honest with you. It's just a safer, you know, more accurate way to, to practice medicine. Yeah, I, I agree. So awesome stuff. Anything you would do differently with this study now that it's kind of done? Would you have started differently? Something in the middle? You would have just changed how you did it to maybe be more efficient? Ideally, 
with any research, I mean, if, if we had made it multi-center, I mean, that would be the ideal situation. We did have a little bit of a hiccup in the middle of it with COVID. We kind of stopped enrolling and it took us a little bit longer. And our initial abstract that we published, we didn't actually reach our, our sample size because of that. And, and that limited us in, in a timelier publication. So I don't know if I would have done anything other than that, like really differently. Maybe like you would have stopped the pandemic from happening. Yeah, no I mean, COVID. I, I, I tried, uh, you know, it's, it's, this study you know, needed that. <laughs> well, I think we all needed that in all honesty. Uh, so yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, and every, every time we do a study there, there's a, you know, a learning experience of what we could done better. But I think honestly, it, it went really well. We had a lot of enthusiasm for it. It's always tough to, you know, I think the three of us and anybody that does ultrasound is, is very biased towards that and, and getting people to buy in with you is, is one of the most important things to, to getting these type of studies done. Definitely. Any other interesting projects on the horizon? Yeah. So we just finished a randomized study where we compared handheld ultrasound versus a traditional CART-based model. So we were looking at anytime we did a cardiac, lung, kidney, aorta, or gallbladder scan, we randomized our residents into either using the portable handheld device or a traditional CART-based model. So we use the butterfly and the GE. And what we were looking at is diagnostic accuracy of them. There's been some literature out there looking at you know time to complete these studies or image quality, but there's very little out there comparing the actual diagnostic accuracy. Like, can we use a butterfly or a Lumify and get the same answers, albeit different image quality, but the same diagnostic answer as a traditional CART-based model? Hopefully we'll have that published soon. And we are starting a regional anesthesia one for, for rib fractures shortly with our trauma team. So hopefully we'll have more out there in the near future. Yeah, those are awesome. What a research powerhouse you continue yeah. to operate over there. So we're really grateful for all the studies that you come up with and look forward to seeing these in publication. Yeah. And I, again, I appreciate you guys having me. I love, you know, checking your guys podcast or even just the quick summaries just to keep me up to speed. So thank you for having me. Sure. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. This was an awesome discussion. I really appreciate what you guys are doing over at Temple. I hope everyone, the listeners enjoyed this podcast. Comment, let us know what your thoughts are. We appreciate it. Give us feedback on this still relatively new segment, the bonus cuts. You can always check out more about our podcast at ultrasoundgel.org. Talk to you later. More. For sure. More. Ciao. More. For sure. More. Ciao. More. Ultrasound Gel Podcast.